Hi, I'm Courtney. And I'm Ryan Pickens. And we're celebrating. Uh, today is a two-year anniversary of Smiley Aesthetics and the birthday of Carla and Mary, the co-founders of Smiley Aesthetics. And while um, we have not been with each other since birth like Carla and Mary have, we, Dr. Pickens and I have been um, since the beginning of the birth of Smiley Aesthetics. So what a better time to get on the podcast to, than today on uh, the birthday of Smiley Aesthetics. So I have with me the man, the myth, the legend, the original medical director and the medical director of State of Tennessee, Dr. Ryan Pickens. Yeah. So Ryan, tell us a little bit about your, what you, you know, who you are, what you do and your connection to Smiley Aesthetics. Um, so um, I am a urologist in Knoxville, Tennessee. Um, I uh, practice at UT Hospital and that is where Mary did her uh, formal CRNA training. So we met through that, and we also had some mutual friends um, in Knoxville. Um, and so um, she trained, she worked there for a while, and then she went on to other adventures like most CRNAs do, um, you know, working out in the community and stuff like that. Um, and um, a little over two and a half years ago, she contacted me, and uh, we met at a Starbucks, and uh, the rest is history. Yeah, um, all good conversations can start over a cup of coffee. Um, and I, so tell me about like that initial conversation, cause you know, urologist asked to be the medical director of a mobile med spa. And we, I just told someone today, you know, no matter how far we go with smiley aesthetics, uh, Dr. Pickens will always be golden to us because he's the medical director who took essentially the most unknown risk. I wouldn't say like the most risk overall, because it's yeah. the same amount of risk, but the most unknown. And we're, you know, we're venturing out into this world of concierge, m mobile Botox and growing uh, the business that we have. And so a lot of faith and trust and partner has, it, you know, gone into this partnership. So um, tell me about the you know initial conversation that you had with Mary and some of the questions that you had with, with her. Sure. Um, you know, she kind of explained she wanted to get into the, you know, really starting with the Botox business. Um, me as a urologist, I use Botox for treating like re refractory or overactive bladder, like when people urinate too much or too urgently and they leak and have to wear pads. It's, you know, one of those embarrassing things. And um, so I was comfortable with Botox. Um, I've had a, a few friends that, um, that I've known that throughout the years that, you know, they couldn't do their job anymore and they kind of step into those roles sure. um, um, as a medical director. Um, and so, um, you know, at first she kind of laid out the business plan and, and talked about, you know, if it was something I was interested in, you know, would she meet with her and uh, her twin sister, Carla, because um, they were kind of getting this all started. And, um, and so, yeah, I said, you know, I'm definitely interested. Um, and, um, that's how it started. And then things started moving in the right direction. Yeah. And it is helpful. I imagine that you already had a, some type of a working relationship with Mary. So you understood her work ethic, how she is in the operating room. And, um, and, and I know that that's helpful because a lot of the times we get um, people who come to our training courses. We had a, a full house today here at our training facility. One of the main questions is, how do I find a medical director? Um, so it's it, Mary and, and Carla both tell people, you know, it's always helpful. Go to the people who know you, who know your work and who have 
some faith in you um, at the beginning. I would definitely say so. I mean, I don't think anybody with a medical license, when you start talking about malpractice and setting up business and stuff like that, is you're going to want to go to someone who knows your work ethic, knows, you know, you're not going to do stuff you're not supposed to do. Sure. Um, You know, they're practicing under your license. And so you're going to, you know, the doctor's going to want to trust you. Yeah. Um, And so, um, you know, having worked with her and knowing how well she uh, did as a student and then as, as, um, as a CRNA for a couple of years, I had that trust. Yeah. And you said something really important, practicing under your license, not practicing with your license. So that is a huge area in, um, uh, of concern in the medical aesthetics industry because it is so hot right now. It's physicians allowing people to practice with their license, essentially renting it out. Um, and not having the proper supervisory role. So we're on the tail end of Dr. Pickens' um, tour of Smiley Aesthetics uh, because it's one of the requirements in Tennessee to visit the facilities and to meet with um, the members who run the facilities to make sure that he is satisfied with those practicing and, and how we are operating under his license because we don't, we're not allowed to. We're not medical doctors. We can't practice with your license. Correct. And I mean, I think that's um, how all this started was, you know, when we were talking is about how to set this up um, where I felt comfortable. Um, and so talking about informed consent forms and, um, you know, training, um, vetting, you know, injectors and stuff like that. Um, I think that was as a medical director was the big thing for me to feel comfortable to signing on and doing this was, you know, what are your ideas about this? Here's my concerns. Um, you know, yeah. you know, are we going to be pulling just people off the street, you know, and saying like, Oh, well, you, you know, you, you know how to give people, you know, insulin and, or something else, you know, um, you know, that, that's one thing, but it's, it's a different thing when you have to do these injections that, um, don't necessarily cause you know, harm, but you know, they can cause issues. They're caused sure, better. Yeah. Um, but you know, you want somebody, um, that's still practicing pers- under your license to know what they're doing. Yeah. Cause it's still prescription medicine and still the practice of medicine. And it's still very serious. And like, you know, to your point, it's not like we're performing open heart surgery, no. but that doesn't mean that, um, bad things cannot happen. I mean, we do not offer IV services, but, uh, you know, there was a death in Texas. Um, for someone um, offering uh, uh, for an IV clinic. Yes. And so it's like, you know, something as simple as um, an IV, which would be, you know, a no-brainer to a lot of people. It, it caused someone's death. And, and people, um, there's another case in Texas where because they had um, proper oversight for the good faith exam, the nurse practitioner caught that the guy was not hungover. He was actually having a heart attack, was able to save his life. Um, when we talked about that a few episodes back, it was a, a podcast with, uh, myself and Kira. Okay. Um, and just, you know, something as simple, even though it's cosmetic, even though uh, you've heard me say this a million times, doesn't matter what chairs you use or what music you play or oils you diffuse. Like we still are in the world of uh, medicine, medicine and, and bad things can happen. Yeah. And I mean, it's, it's not always what you're doing. It's their health conditions. Sure. Um, uh, you know, they get in the chair. They start to get nervous. Heart rate goes up. Oh, that just happened today. Mm-hmm. Someone um, got uh, a, a patient, um, got super lightheaded, 
pale. Um, you know, we, I, all of a sudden someone was like, let's put a piece of candy under their tongue. Let's give them a full sugar Coke. This is, I heard words that are not in my wheelhouse, but <laughs> this is what happens when cortisol levels drop and don't be worried and let's get them fan on them. And even though that's not a big deal and it's normal, I fainted from getting my blood drawn before it's normal. It's still yeah. something that you have to know how to deal and, hand, and handle when that happens in your chair. Reminds me of steel magnolia. Yeah. <laughs> uh, juice. Yeah. So you said the training program, it's a really, uh, that was super important to you that we have um, only uh, trained healthcare professionals performing services in smiley aesthetics, which is one of the biggest reasons that we developed our accredited training program. One of the prerequisites to coming on with smiley aesthetics, one of many is that you have to attend our accredited training program. You have to be smiley trained, um, which goes into, you know, that that was super important to you. Um, and we are obligated to do the things that you have you have requested beca- because we're working under your supervision. Yes. I mean, I think one of the first things Barry said was, I'm going to be accredited as a trainer. So that way, everybody comes through here, I'm going to either sign off on or someone I, that I've trained that I trust is going to sign off on them. Um, and so that was a, a big kind of, you know, weight off the shoulders in a way of uh, knowing that it wasn't just going to be someone, you know, random out in a small town that wants to do this for their friends and sure. you know, um, says, well, I watched a YouTube video, you know, <laughs> and so, um, you know, so it's I actually think, like a thing now people are injecting their own Botox and I see it on the internet. Oh yeah. Like the internet. What in the world? Don't do that to yourselves. Yeah. People watch a YouTube video and they, know, yeah. they can perform complicated surgery. Clearly, they never cut their own bangs when they were younger. <laughs> Just because it seems simple on the internet does not mean it's... Yes. Yeah. Uh, Give yourself your own haircut and you will learn that it doesn't look as simple. Maybe as I shouldn't do this. Um, so let's take this in kind of a, a down two roads. So because we get a lot of questions that are um, from our medical directors and from people searching for medical directors. So talk to me a little bit about if you were now looking back two years, if you were um, someone interested as a medical um, professional to get into this medical director role, what what are some things that you would look for? What are some things that you would require? Um, is it as stressful as it seems? Um, if it answers <laughs> yes, say no. <laughs> no. No, I mean, I think, um, you know, just knowing... Um, you know, malpractice and stuff like that is, um, you know, it's, you need to have all your boxes checked. Um, my main things, concerns were informed consent, training, um, you know, kind of, um, teaching the injectors how to, um, kind of spot, uh, troublesome situations they can get into. Sure. Um, you know, the patient who seems too intoxicated, for informed consent or someone who, you know, is maybe too unhealthy to, to have these injections, um, you know, and, um, making people feel comfortable that they can come to me if they have questions, you know, the practicing under my license, I should be available for them. Of course. And so, and you're like my statue obligated to be available 24 seven in case of an emergency. Mm-hmm. I mean, in stat by statute, if you were, going to be unavailable, you have to 
let us know and offer a substitute um, for those emergency situations. So, yeah, it's really. And I mean, I think that's where um, one thing I would say is you coming on board and really helping get the legal language down for these consents. And are we following Tennessee law? You know, in my situation for Tennessee law, like, you know, let's follow this to a T. Let's. You know, some people run it loose. Let's run it as tight as we can. So if we ever have a problem, we know we've done everything that we can do. Yeah. Um, and I think that was um, my goal um, coming on as the medical director was to make sure that, you know, I was like, let's let's do it right. Yeah. Um, and it's like, I, I don't know um, that we've had a chance to talk about this, but it's like my new hobby because um, I need hobbies, I guess need better hobbies uh my new hobby is driving by med spots um and seeing if they are if the medical director is listed on the door because that's by statute required correct there's not a lot and not a lot um and while that's super small it's still it it is required it is required for a reason Uh, you need a medical director a physician to be associated with the practice. So when the public comes in, they know who the physician is. Correct. Um, you know, if you don't have it on the door, you as a lawyer know if it's not there, didn't happen. If you don't have your coverage, didn't happen. Yeah. And so, um, and I, and actually as an attorney, I'm like, so that's spelled out in statute that it needs to be on there. Correct. So if you don't have that, what else do you not have that isn't spelled out simple in statute? Like, that's what that automatically makes me think yeah. is, you know, is your medical director reviewing all the policies and procedures and signing off on them as required? Not just reviewing, but they're they're supposed to be jointly made. It's like, uh, you know, are you having your monthly meetings? Or if you're not doing something as simple as putting a name on the door, which is a line item check a box thing. Correct. If you're not paying attention to details, they think you're skipping something. Yeah. And that's where they start diving. Yeah. And so that's what I, you know, you worry about because you hear it from, you know, it's like if you, if I'm writing a note about a patient and their age is wrong, it's the first thing on the HPI is usually their age. And if that's wrong, that automatically looks like you're cutting corners. Yes. You're not paying attention to the details. Yeah. Um, and so, um, you know, I think it's one of those that I felt more comfortable about this process because every box was getting checked. Um, and so I think, if you're going to be a medical director, you got to be that way. Um, you know, it, it, if you start cutting corners, then corners get cut and then all of a sudden something goes wrong and, you know, a lot of people are out of a job. Yeah. And so tell me about like the actual, um, you know, there's, so there's the liability portion of it. And some states I've explained this in the podcast before, um, and on our Patreon account before, so some states are like a Tennessee, which says a medical director has to review 20% of charts. It has some additional days requirements, but to summarize, it's 20% of charts within 30 days, a random sampling. And then any chart that um, needs to be brought to the medical director's attention. So we're talking about 20%, just like run of the mill. And then you have those outlier charts. So um, that's like the short and sweet version of a very long legally statute. But um, so some states are like that. And that is similar to a speed limit on a highway, 55 miles per hour. So if you are driving down a highway and you are going 55 miles per hour and you get pulled over 
and the officer says, do you know why you were speeding, Miss, or do you know why you're getting pulled over, Miss Walker? You're like, well, it's not for speeding because I was driving 55 miles per hour. So I know I complied with that, so it has to be something else. The In states where that 20% or that chart review requirement isn't completely spelled out, it's like driving down a highway without a speed limit. And so when they say, you know, you get pulled over, do you know why you're pulled over? I was going with the flow of traffic, so I'm assuming that I was driving correctly and I was driving within the normal, safe range. I wasn't being negligent, um, but I don't know that for sure. Uh, that's the, you know, what's really important about like the 20% versus it not being spelled out. It's like similar to 55 miles per hour. Like that's not the only requirement you have, but at least we know that that's not, we get pulled over. Correct. That's not the reason. Yes. Because we're satisfying that, um, which makes it difficult for some of the medical directors in other states when it, where it's not spelled out. And we have a lot of states where it's not spelled out. It's up to the discretion of the medical director and the APRN or the physician's assistant to set that standard. Um, that becomes a difficult thing to explain because it's not a compliance box that can we know is satisfied. You know, and so there is some like increased exposure to liability, but there, so there's a liability component that we will always battle when we talk to medical directors and helping them feel safe and like we are doing what we are supposed to do. Um, but the other component is time. So talk to us about, you know, the time that you spend at Smiley Aesthetics being the medical director. Do you find it to be a lot? I mean, you you have a full practice. Yeah. So I'm, Yeah, I have a very busy practice. Um, so I, I think it's more about just kind of managing that time. Um, you know, for signing charts, I have calendar alerts, you know, every 15 days. So I don't get too far behind sure. or, you know, it's usually like a Thursday night when usually the week's calming down kind of thing where I'll, after I get my seven-year-old to bed is I'll go through the charts and, and I sign every chart um, and then look through it, uh, make sure that all, you know, everything's there um, that we need for me to sign it. Um, so it just doesn't look like I'm signing charts. Sure. Um, you know, there's, we have, you know, Zoom calls and, and meetings with injectors and um, where they can ask questions to me, um, you know, and also site and visits. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, I kind of just plan my calendar where those things are there. So we're compliant with that. Yeah. So it's, it's not a, you know, painstaking amount of time or anything like that. It's, it's more just planning. And, and knowing what you need to do and what you feel comfortable with, you know, do you need more site reviews or, you know, if everything's running tightly and smoothly is, you know, you can just stick to the, to the minimal requirements. Yeah. Um, but you've got to check those boxes. Yeah. And we've, you know, we've just have systems in place. So when someone decides that they do not want to renew their contract with Smiley Aesthetics, I have um, a certain email that goes out and um, Dr. Pickens is CC'd on every single one of those emails, but in the heading of the email, it says certain language to let him know that like this, this person is separating just for natural reasons. reasons. They decided not to renew their contract. Like nothing really here that we need to talk about. Happy to, if you want to, but nothing that you need to know. So the goal is to, you know, try to reach out to him when, 
it's needed and then to keep you aware at all times of what you need to be aware of but in a way that you could be like this is not an emergency that's not why i'm being contacted i'm just being informed, informed. yeah yeah and i mean you know I get, I get my emails and you know it's like okay benign yeah benign. <laughs> um so those are the best emails because yeah. like, yeah. don't need okay. me <laughs> um so yeah uh, i just think um if you manage your time well very manageable yeah um okay so now let's go to the other side so um i don't find doctors to be incredibly intimidating but i hear from a lot of people that doctors are very intimidating and so aprms do not know how to approach a doctor about being their medical director this is an actual thing is this surprising to you uh probably i mean like i mean i can see that yeah you know i mean i'm, I'm sure uh I guess it's because all my interactions with like the physicians I use and of course with you, I'm like, I could see myself approaching them, but I don't have any of those, you know, horror stories like you see on um, House or something like yeah. I would not want to approach House. Yeah. My medical director. <laughs> I don't think I would either. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I think, um, you know, I think also being approachable from a business standpoint, also you want someone that's very approachable um, that can come in talk to injectors, they don't feel threatened, they don't, you know, get nervous, they can still, you know, uh, when I watch them do teachings and stuff like that, I don't want them to be like, I'm back there with a, you know, yeah. magnifying glass, you know, I kind of think I'm just kind of like, do your thing. Yeah. Act like I'm not here. Yeah. Kind of uh, ordeal, but I'm, I'm, you know, it's a lot to ask, and I'm sure, um, you know, if I was in that situation too, I'd probably, you know, dial eight numbers and Hang it, you know, yeah. you know, a couple of times. Um, so, um, yeah. What do you, what do you think is good? You listed some things. So to, um, if, if you were, so if I was an APRN coming to you, you, I don't want you to be my medical director, but I'm coming to you for advice on thinking about approaching Dr. So-and-so, how should I go about the conversation? What should I have prepared um, like questions ready to, so I'm on top of it. Cause and, I know Mary had answers to almost everything. Okay. So, and I mean, I've had conversations with now other, yes, it, that have seen what we've done and they're like, Hey, do you know anybody? Um, kind of like, and that's the thing is I, I tell them, I'm like, you know, you get, you need to have a business plan. You need to have, you know, things about, uh, malpractice. Um, you need to know like what needs to be there because that's going to be the first thing they're going to ask. Um, you know, do you have, you know, I, I think a big thing is to have some type of legal person on board. Um, the, so hard to find. Yeah. I mean, I'm not acting like I'm a diamond in the rough, but it's just a world of so, so much gray and it's just not enough attorneys that are practicing in this area. Yeah. Um, you know, business plan, like, you know, is it just going to be you? Is it going to be five of you? Is it going to be multiple locations? Uh, you know, um, what all you're going to do? You know, is it Botox? Is it fillers? Is it you know, Scarlet? You know, all these things that they're going to need to take some time to research them and, yeah. and, and see and, you know, um, you know, you need to know how many legal cases there are of the stuff you're doing in this state. Um, so that's another question. Like, you know, they, 
a doctor's going to want to know the risk. Sure. What all you're doing. Can you do it? Um, are you trained? Um, you know, what's your goals and aspirations? Is this going to be something that's going to, you know, what you think their time, um, you know, per week, per month type thing is going to be involved, you know? Yeah. Um, I think those are all kind of important things that as a physician, we're going to want to know. Sure. You know, if you just call and say, hey, I'm thinking about doing Botox, uh, would you be my medical director? Yeah. You don't know where you're getting it from yeah. or... Yeah. And so, I mean, things come into it like, you know, are you going to be delivering Botox to my office where, you know, you know, um, where I have to sign for it and you've got to come by all the time and, you know, um, and so things like that, um, I think, um, you know, maybe before you go is find a place kind of, you know, if you don't have anybody is kind of find a place and see how they do it, how, you know, um, so you know how those answers those questions. Yeah, and these are, I mean, you're for for two years into it, and we are still answering questions every single day. Um, but it's you know getting the big things answered on the front end. That's just the nature of business. Like Correct. you you find out questions you didn't even know exist, yeah. and then you answer those and you pivot and you know all of the things. But those big ticket items you need to have answers for yeah. in the front end. And I mean, I think if you come up with a successful sounding business plan, you know, it's going to be worth their time sure. rather than like, you know, you've thought about this, um, you know, some random Thursday night after three glasses of wine, like, you know, I want to do this and yeah. you haven't really thought about it. Yeah. You know, and what I mean, ends up happening is you're going to inject like your circle. So yeah. your best friends and family, and then it's not going to go anywhere. Yeah. After that. Yeah. And I mean, you, there's things you got to do as a physician. It's like, Am I going to spend all this time, talk about all this stuff, and then it's going to flail in three months, and then it's just a big waste of time, yeah. you know? So I think um, coming up with the plan um, and all that where they know, like, oh, this could be a growing nice little supplemental sure. um, business venture um, is going to make them more interested. Yeah. Um, and, um, and he or she is going to start, you know, asking you questions and, you know, spitballing ideas, hopefully too. Um, and so, um, I think that's how you build that relationship where that starts the trust and the interest. And, yeah. um, and I think you want somebody who's going to be not just out on the side, but also someone who's interested in it as well. Sure. I mean, we just had those conversations at, um, our West location where we are now, um, you know, continuing to grow into other states where we don't have those relationships like Mary had with you, right? This automatic trust. So my question to Dr. Pickens is, you know, going back, what now looking forward, but you going back, what could we do to help establish those relationships, establish that trust through a demonstration um, with these new medical directors to make them feel as confident as you felt on day one because of that relationship. You know? Yeah, I mean, I think, um, you know, if you're bringing someone in is to bring them in, show them the operation, show them how you train, show them how, you know, informed consent, you know, what kind of forms you have and what kind of, um, kind of, if something happens, here's our action plan. Sure. Kind of thing. Um, That's huge. Yeah. And I yeah. think that way they meet the injectors and, um, you know, see them do that. They've had the training that, you know, where you feel confident, I think 
that helps bring people in that are going to be worth it from a bit from your business as well where you know after two months you know if they're not that interested they're going to quit yeah you know and so um you want to bring somebody that you know seems interested um because that's where you're the the time is going to be worth it yeah i think and it, my next question is probably going to make some medical directors mad, but I see this a lot where people will say, I will be your medical director for a guaranteed $10,000 a month. And for someone new starting out, you can't do that. Yeah. Um, yeah, you just can't do that. And explaining that to a medical director sometimes is really, a potential medical director sometimes really difficult because... You do have those two pieces, the time component, but then the potential liability. And they say it's not worth my time unless it's this. Um, and it's a fine balance, but, uh, you know, it's a fine balance. And I, I understand where a potential medical director is coming from, but n no one starting out can do that. No. And I mean, I, th I think when we sat down and talked to I said, you know, let's give it three months, you know see where things are at and then go from there. I mean, you got to let the business start off. There's cap, you know, there's, yeah. they got to have some money to buy some stuff and, you know, make wherever they're doing it look pretty, mm -hmm. look like it's, you know, you want to come in like, you know. And uh, receive a treatment there. And receive a treatment. Like you're like, oh, this is nice. You know, if it, you know, it's a chair and, you know, you know, a, a lamp is like, it doesn't feel like a spa. Yeah. You know, and so, um, so, you don't want to be the, the the medical director doesn't need to be the like the reason that the business doesn't succeed because it's, the fee is just so astronomical. Yes, and I mean every business starts off slow, so the time commitment at first was nothing. Yeah, you know, I mean, other than setting up stuff, but I mean, once they started, at first, it, you know, it was oh, sign, you know, twenty twenty charts in the first month, and then yeah. you know, then it, then you start seeing like oh. There's a lot more charts are doing good, mm -hmm. you know, kind of thing. And so um, I think that's important um, to the medical director is, you know, these, um, you know, it's always like, oh, 10%, 20%, all this kind of stuff is, um, you know, um, I get it. They're using our license and they can't, but you got to let the business get a running start. Yeah. And then, and then go from there. Um, you know, I think, uh, and we've been straight you know, always straight talk about it. And I think that's also important. It's like, um, you know, we can always look at the numbers again or whatever at certain intervals. Um, but, you know, especially at the start of this, you get, get let them get, get their feet wet and, uh, and grow if they have, you know, capital to grow on. Yeah. I mean, if they, if we can make $400 of profit off of a vial of Botox, um, some of that needs to go into buying the next vial of Botox, correct? Just going all. It's going to be it's going to be worth worth it in the end if you let the business grow. Yeah, where they can make things look nice, get other machines. You know, the more customers they get in, the more people ask, like, "Oh, are you doing this?" And it's like, "Oh, we could," you know. And I think, um, and so uh, it pays off. Yeah, down down the road. Um, and so for sure, I think being strict, like, "Oh, you got to pay me this." Well, you know, you're going to bankrupt your the business before you start and then you've just wasted time um so and it, that can be so we uh, i have this question asked a lot you know what how can you work compensation so one of the things you have to avoid is creative creating incentives for more pr 
profit. So um, to not get into the corporate practice of medicine. So you can't create a situation where you're fee splitting with a physician. So we do, we split everything we make 50, 50. It's like, well, then we're all incentivized to do more, to push more. So you have to be really careful about that. That's yeah. not something we have, we ever suggest anyone do because that gets into some hairy, hairy business. Yeah. Um, and that's where people start doing stuff that shouldn't be done. Yeah. Word gets out and, um, you know, you can ruin your business reputation where it's like, well, they talked me into all this and now I've got all these problems. Yeah. And so um, one of the ways that we have, you know, tell people like advise people if they're looking at compensation structures is um, you can pay per um, you pay per chart if you wanted to for the supervision or you could do a bunch, you know, like um, uh, once charts, ex chart review exceeds. 50 charts in a month, then we will go up this interval because that's directly proportional to the supervision Correct. and not the actual, it can't be tied to money. It has to be tied to the supervision because the medical director at the end of the day is the only one who holds the ability to practice medicine and no outside influence can come in to, to mess with that. That's when you violate the corporate practice of medicine. Yes, and I think when you start pushing people into doing stuff they don't feel comfortable with or feel like they have to do to make more money and stuff like that is that's um, that's when mistakes are made, and that's when um, you know next thing you know you're on the front page of the paper or yeah. or you're the leading uh, news story. Yeah, um, some somewhere I don't want to yeah. ever be. So. The front page of paper, but for like. Good reasons. Good reasons, yeah. Um, well, before we um, go, I have something that I've done on Patreon a few times. I want to do it here because I'm such a visual learner, and so I hope this is beneficial. I'm going to grab these pins right here just to demonstrate um, in this little bucket. So I, I discussed this on one of our weekly injector calls or monthly injector calls uh, last month, um, and we have this concept in the legal world that's usually related to real property, and it's called the bundle of sticks, the bundle of rights. Um, and it's used over and over again in law school. Um, so this bunch of sticks represents the bundle of rights that you get when you receive a physician's license um, in Tennessee or in any state, but we're going to go with Tennessee for right now. And this red one will be the practice of medicine. So I'm gonna hand these to Dr. Pickens because he's the physician. Okay. So when you're setting up an agreement with someone, with a, 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 a well, I'm, I'm an APRN, not really, but we're gonna pretend. I'm an APRN um, and that's a scary day. Uh, and so we're setting up an agreement. And so I would like to be able to do good faith exams under your supervision. Is that something that's okay? Yeah. Okay, so he handles, he hands me one stick in the bundle. This is the stick that says that I received delegation from Dr. Pickens to do good faith exams and that my license, I'm eligible to do good faith exams. Correct. He can't hand this stick to the janitor. Yeah. yeah. I, my license, not, not only does my license have to allow me, but you have to delegate it to me. So the question is, does I, we get this often. Um, now I want to hire people and I want to supervise them. I don't have yet 
the ability to supervise other people. You have not delegated that to me. Um, we haven't had this conversation. It isn't in contract. We don't have policies and procedures in place. So, um, oh, and one we didn't do is I would actually like to not only do good faith exams, but I would like to inject. So create the treatment plans, do the good faith exam, and inject. Is that okay? Yes. Okay. Don't give me that red one. That's the okay. corporate, that's the practice of medicine. <laughs> okay. I have another one. So now I would like to hire someone. So I would like to hire an RN. So the, the, the method I have, my business plan, I'm going to do the good faith exams. I have all the intake forms, all of the consents. I'm going to create the treatment plans. And then the RN is going to do the injections according to that treatment plan. Would that be okay? Is she trained? Yeah. Okay. What, what type of training? So these are the yeah. questions. It's like, what type of training yeah. does she need? Um, Has she been through the training thing? Does she under, understand the informed consent? Does she understand, um, you know? No, actually, she received her RN, but she's only been working as a receptionist since she got her RN list license. So I guess that's a problem. These are the questions that I need to ask. Like, just because he gave me the ability to do good faith exams and to do the injections does not mean that you you delegated to me the ability to to bring on someone and supervise them under your license. Correct. Um, and then you have these conversations of what policies need to be in place and what needs to happen. Um, if you want to start offering training, like I want to open up, like you saw today, I want to open up a training facility and bring in eight people. Um, he still holds that, all of those pins. Um, and again, the one that he in Tennessee can never delegate is the red pen, which is the practice of medicine. I, there's nothing I could ever do in Tennessee. Other states are full practice states, but in Tennessee, there's nothing that I can do to get the red pen from Correct. Um, <laughs> Pry it out of my yeah. cold, dead hand. <laughs> um, and that's a really big point. And that's why we, what goes back to what we just talked about with um, how you compensate physicians. You are compensating them for this exchange and for holding that red pen. Um, and maybe I'm, the, maybe you all are watching that and like, this is the dumbest thing we've ever seen. But I am such a visual person because we get questions from our injectors like, why do we have to do this in a good faith exam? Because Dr. Pickens gave me this pen, marker, color pencil, whatever it is. He gave this to me and he told me that he would only give it to me under these circumstances. Just like I didn't get the pen for hiring someone because I didn't have questions. I didn't have answers to his questions about are they trained or are they whatever. I didn't, I didn't have answers to that. Correct. So you didn't give it to me. Yeah. Um, but you gave this one to me under certain circumstances. Because he gave it to me, guess what he also can do? Take it back. And that's what I tell our injectors. Why do you have to do this? Because Dr. Pickens said so. The end. <laughs> and he can. He gave us his pen and he can take it back. back. So don't want to hear any lip. Um, but it's, I mean, it's, that's all, you know being funny but it's so important to this world of medical aesthetics um that we often overlook because it's just botox it's just filler um it's not really practicing medicine and until laws change it is it is it is yeah. and i just get to be the debbie downer for everyone um but at least we try to tell some jokes while we do it. Yeah. So. We're not taking you to Disney World. Yeah. <laughs> do not get to go to Disney World. Uh, well, thank you, Dr. Pickens, for being here today, being on this two-year journey. It's been a pleasure. And um, we're going to... It's been a fun ride. Yeah. We're going to keep on trucking. But um, first, we're going to 
go have a celebratory dinner. Yeah. So thank you all for watching. I hope that you found this some value in this. If not, don't let us know. Um, but if you want more information or more content like this, check out some of our other podcasts. Um, follow us over on Instagram, um, specifically Mary and Carla. They put so much stuff. Injector Smiley um, is Mary's. And then Carla's, I think, is C Smiley. I don't get paid for this. I don't know. Uh, this is not sponsored. Um, but most it falls on our Patreon account. That's where we post a lot of this content. And I go into some of, you know, the random things um, about the law and, and walking people through how to find certain regulations in their own states and what that will look like throughout, you know, navigating um, their government website because it's often very difficult. So uh, our Patreon is at Smiley Aesthetics. Uh, thank you so much, and we will catch you next time on Not Just Lip Service.